Jesus, just fix it. Have you ever thought that or prayed that? Jesus, what? can you just fix it? Can you just fix what's happening here? Can you just fix what has happened? Can you just make me not have so much pain, so much heartache? Can you just show me what's next? God, I wish it was true. I wish he could just snap his fingers and fix everything based on what we want. But he's got a bigger plan. The Bible talks about it over and over again, that his ways are not our ways. But how could we somehow draw closer to him? Even if we're not sure what we believe, how could we draw closer to him? Just asking for a little bit of a glimpse into a bigger picture of why there is so much pain, why there is so much heartache, why even we've lost some of the people that we've loved or even have dealt with some of the situations, some of the trauma. And I just want to share with you what God has put on my heart. I understand it. I lost my sister in a very tragic single car accident almost five years ago. Lee lost his physical battle with cancer, and God took him December of 2019. In addition to that, I understand heartache. There are so many things and struggles that God allowed me to go through, and they've all been for a grand purpose. They've all been so character-building. I've been able to see through Jesus the light and that little silver lining through each of them. James 4, 8 tells us, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. If we want help, we want somehow to get through this. We want to somehow learn why or somehow learn a better vision for all of this that we're having to go through, one thing I know we can do is draw near to him because he will draw near to us. And you guys, he doesn't move. We are the ones that move. Now, how can we draw near to God? How can we learn more about him? One of the easiest and best ways is to learn more about who he is. And the way we do that is by reading the Bible, not by reading anything any man wrote. Listen, I know there are some amazing things Amazing Bible studies that women have written. I've written Bible studies, but your jackpot, this source is the Bible. This is God's word. It's breathed by him. It in, was inspired to be written by him. Hebrews 4, 12 says, the word, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of our hearts. There is no creature hidden from his sight. How we learn more about who God is, how we draw closer to him is through his word, learning more about him. Yes, prayer as well. Reading God's word somehow shares us more about who he is and who this God 
of ours, who created us, who's even allowing us to go through the good and the bad and the ugly, who he is. When I think about all the struggles I've been through and the struggles that my friends have gone through and are going through, and and listen, and the crap I'm going through right now, my personal own stuff, dealing a year and a half later, not only being without my husband, but having to figure out what ground am I standing on here? Who am I now? Who am I as a single person? I don't want to be single. I'm a married mom. Like that's who I am. And I've been forced to be single. I've been forced to, in the middle of being in love, having that taken away from me. And I could so easily be mad. I could so easily have a pity party every day. Look at these horrible things that have happened to me. I don't deserve this. But here's what God's word says. James 1, 3 says, knowing. Well, let me start at 2. James 1, 2 says, my brothers and sisters, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Let me read that again, because I know that that's not what you want to hear. Dear brothers and sisters, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. For if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. God says that when we go through trials, when we go through hardship, that we're growing, that we're becoming closer to the people he designed us to be. It takes self-discipline, but it also takes the Holy Spirit to help us get through it. The fruits of the Spirit, I'm sure you've heard of that before, love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering. Those things are available to us, but through the hope and the health, I'm sorry, but through the hope and the help of the Holy Spirit. How in the world could we ever see our suffering to to, to have some sort of hopefulness to it? Because we see what we've lost. We actively feel our human pain every day. I know what it's like, and I have asked Jesus, please just help. God, please just fix this. Please find a way, because I know you can make a way where there is no way, Jesus, but I don't know what to do next. I'm sad. I feel ugly. My clothes don't fit me right right now. I mean, I'm sure it's also because I'm creeping up on 50 and all those things are coming in. But that joy and that excitement I have, I don't, I had for years and years and years, I just don't have right now. And there's a part of you that thinks it will never come back. But I know that after we've suffered a little while, God's going to come back in. He's going to come through and use our pain for not only His mighty glory, but for our good. How do I know that? Because that's what His Word says. I want to complain. I want to cry. I want to whine like a big baby. And I don't think anyone would be upset with me if I did that. I think everyone would be like, shoot, if anybody gets to whine, it's that girl. But what does that say about what I believe? What does that say about Jesus? 
In my heart, I hurt. I can whine to him all I want. But since the number one reason non-Christians don't want to be Christians is because of the Christians they've met in their life, I refuse to be that one. I refuse to be that negative, judgmental, hateful Christian that likes to tell everyone else what they're doing wrong. I want to be the one that loves because that's what Jesus did. And that's what he calls us to do. So friends, sister, if you're not a Christian, but you found this podcast somehow, some way, I'm so happy you're here. I want to tell you, first of all, I love you and you are loved. I don't care what you look like. I don't care what you've done. I don't care even what you're in the middle of right now. What I care about is that you know you're loved, that you know that your creator loves you. And these things we see and have to go through in life mean nothing compared to what can happen to us later. God will redeem all of our sorrow. Knowing him and and getting to see this world just a tiny bit through his vision makes all of it worth worthwhile. I don't know how many stories you know in the Bible, but I love bringing this up. God never used perfect stories in the Bible. He never used these perfect, beautiful, rich, fit, successful people for his stories. He, every story is about an underdog of some sort. Why? Because his glory shines brightest in our worst times. His glory shines brightest when we struggle. And I know it's really hard to not be selfish and think, well, what the heck does that mean to me? This is what it means. And and I pray that you would open your heart to this. If God can work in me and through me, and if I will recognize him here on earth in front of others, then Jesus is going to recognize me in front of God. I am more concerned about what God thinks than what any human thinks. It's a beautiful place to live. Now, don't get me wrong. It's come from a lot of trial and a lot of people making fun of me, making fun of Lee. There were even people that said that Lee and I were faking his cancer to get attention for our fitness business. Whoever said that, shame on you. Shame on you, and I pray that you've asked forgiveness. I've forgiven you. But how ugly, how ugly ugly is that? But here's the thing, that doesn't bother us because we don't fight against people and flesh and blood. We fight against the evilness and the principalities that run in this world. You guys, it's a spiritual battle. Everything is a spiritual battle. And the way we can win is by being with Jesus, understanding who he is, seeking him and asking for him to open our hearts and our minds to his word, even when we don't understand it. How do we learn more about God's character? How do we draw closer to him? We read, we seek his word through the Bible. There are so many versions now, you're gonna find a version of the Bible you like, you guys. And all a version means is a translation. 
All it means is, would you rather me talk Texan to you or rather me talk Rochester, New York to you? Would you rather me talk in old world English to you or Canadian? You know what I mean? Would you rather me talk in Spanish? You know what I mean? That's kind of what the translations mean. That's simple. The message is the same. It's just using a few different words to possibly help us understand it more. It's still God's word. It's still his message. I want to end today by reading you something. I don't know where you are, but I can only imagine somehow, some way, you have dealt with grief, trauma, and you might be in the need of just a dose of hope. A book I received from one of my sweet friends is called Every Moment Holy. There's a volume one and volume two I'm going to read to you today and close out from volume two. It's specifically a volume about death and grief. But you guys, grief doesn't necessarily mean death of a human. It can be death of a love, death of a marriage, death of a dream. It can be death of our childhood. It can be someone that took something away from us that, that, that wasn't theirs. God can work through each of us. And I believe wholeheartedly that whatever we go through, God uses not only to grow us, but that we will someday somehow help others through that. It's, it's the very same thing that we've gone through that God would allow us maybe to help someone else. I'm sharing one more scripture before I read and we close this puppy out. If you look at 2 Corinthians 1, Three through, I'm going to say five. Blessed be the God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us all in our tribulations and trials, so that someday we may be able to comfort those who are in the same kind of trouble or trial with the same comfort that God had given ourselves through our time. That right there proves that each of our pain, each of our struggles, and each of our hardships can have purpose. And you guys, if something like that has purpose, then it gives it light and hope. I know that God allowed us to still be here while he took my sister and my sweet husband so that I can somehow make good on that, so that I can somehow help others through that. Let me read this to you. Oh, Spirit of the living God who raises your people from death to life. The comforting of your children in their hard journeys through the valleys of the shadow is from beginning to end your work, not mine. I am neither wise enough nor compassionate enough nor tempered enough by my present griefs to form prayers adequate to serve your people in the face of the enemy so formidable as death and grief. I am wholly unfit to enter the holy sufferings of others, to give guidance or true comfort, to speak words of consolation that would name the wombs of dying and grieving hearts or wrap them in compassion embrace or remind them that there remains a firm, eternal hope with which will outgrow an everlasting death itself. If this is not your work, then I don't want to have any part of it. For I would not bid the grieving hang their sorrow and their hopes on any words that cannot bear the weight. So then, take this meager measure of anything I might give, O God, and bless it. 
for the benefit of your people. Breathe life and spirit into these flawed forms. Let my insufficiencies be met by the multiplying power of your grace. I know I will encounter discouragement in this labor. I know I will often experience the creative process as an impossible struggle against my own self, my own self-discipline and darkness. Even so, be at work in me and through me, O Lord. I will sometimes falter, lose heart, abandon course, and be tempered to turn to diversions and old comforts that will never sustain. Even so, be at work in and through me, O Lord. For on my best days, I might be too confident in my own abilities to recognize the depth of my need, but more often, I will be too empty, too sad, too spent, too crippled by my brokenness to believe I have anything to share or anything to give. Even so, O Lord, be at work in me. In the end, this is my sole means of stewardship to repeatedly ply the imperfected talents with which you have entrusted me daily, offering to my poverty, begging you to fill the hollow forms of my offering. Now, before I pray this prayer, if you're like, what the heck did you just read, lady? I want you to get this book. I want you to read this for your own thoughts. Because I think sometimes we don't help others because we don't think we've mastered whatever we've gone through. We don't think we're good enough. We don't think that's our job or our role. But if you've survived any situation, I believe it's our responsibility. And you don't have to know it all. You just have to love enough to reach out, share with someone that you're still here and that you experienced the same thing and somehow you've gotten through. Here's what you've learned. Here's what you can pray for them about. I feel so inadequate daily, but somehow God uses it. Somehow he comes in and through it. Let's pray. Oh, Holy Spirit, meet, fill, and quicken now the insufficient gifts. Inspire prayers that would shepherd and comfort your people, even in their dyings, even in their griefs, voicing their mortal laments and their eternal hopes gently turning their gaze to the promise of coming resurrection, to the hope of a remade world, and to the splendor of the King who will soon return and redeem all sorrow. Oh, I pray this in your name, Jesus. I love you so much. Thank you for this time together. I love you. Amen.